0: Welcome to the next episode of the so called Oreos podcast. We've missed you all so much and we're excited to chat. Um, Kia, what's been going on with you? What's been going
1: on? I mean, I'm living my life. I'm chilling, (laughs) fam. I'm happy. So that's cool, I guess. You know what? You've been, this is going to sound really messed up. You've been depressed so long. You're like, damn, I'm just happy that I'm not depressed. Right? <laughs> oh my God. Not that it was even that serious, but when things are, you know, it, you're not having the best of luck, you know? Yeah. I just need some good things coming. I feel like it's finally my time towards the end of the year since most of 2019 was really hard. So, you know, I'm happy about it. Hopefully okay. by the time this comes out, it's still going on. It's okay. still going into the new year. You know what I'm saying? All right. Um. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm chilling, living my life.
0: Like it's golden.
1: Well, I'm trying <laughs> One day at a time Just being happy Okay For, for the small things I'm trying Um
0: I'm good too that's I started good. yoga hey, So that's great I'm feeling real Zenned out And peaceful But I'm also Kind of getting My aggression on okay. You know what I mean Like low you key do Kickboxing Kickboxing Yeah I'm afraid to do kickboxing nah, Cause do I'm really like Out it. of shape
1: It don't No once you do it Once you'll be like Oh I'm gonna keep Doing this mm-hmm. Join class pass. Use my code if you need a code for classmas,
0: hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other day I had to, to check a white man at the bodega. Check the whites. Check a white. Um, I, I, I texted our so-called Oreos group chat about this, but in, in detail as it was happening because I knew that these are like, some of the only people in my life wait i just realized something what we didn't introduce ourselves oh my name's janae (laughs) i'm kia there you go you know us now oh um (laughs) and rachel and amari are not with us this show because we have a guest in the building we'll get to that soon hold tight love you anyway back to my story so i was in the bodega Walking up to get food after I just flew home, um, from, for like the holidays or whatever, flew home back to Brooklyn from the holidays, whatever. Um, and I was starving, ready to get some breakfast. So I walked to the counter, Bodega Man Chef had his back to me. So I was just waiting until he was ready, right? Um, A white dude comes up behind me And of course as he comes to order Bodega Man Chef turns around to take his order Now I say to the white guy Just look at him and I say Excuse me, I was here first So then he looks at me Has the nerve, the audacity The caucasity To say to me "Uh, Fine, chill out It's not that big of a deal (laughs) It's not a big deal because you got all that privilege. So I just looked at him and I said, don't you ever tell me to chill out. I use all the venom (laughs) that Paris, my mother, has ever given to me in my entire life. I was livid. So then he's like, oh. So he lets me order. Whatever. I order. And then he orders and then like shuffles off into a corner. Um and I mean mugged him for the rest of the time I was waiting for my food. Um but I, I felt great afterward. That I really good. felt like I I did one for, for, for myself, ancestors. for my for the ancestors, for my people. For black people around the world. Around the world. You know. Black women always got <laughs> oh <my> god! <laughs> I was about to do some hot up stuff I right know. now. Don't turn into T.I. Y'all
1: are wrong bruh Y'all be doing the crazy shit Like can y'all get out from the sidewalk Y'all be like walking like you own the sidewalk
0: That's so true
1: Get, That's so get true. out the way It's bruh. so true
0: especially in New York Yeah, I wonder if it's like that anywhere else But even my roommate Taryn Shout out He was telling me about how the other day He got really really frustrated with this uh, white woman He was on the train The white woman like steps in front of him where there clearly was not enough space for her to comfortably be standing there. She just, like, stepped in front of him. Just being white. So he's like, okay, obviously she's in a hurry. Whatever. Let's chill out. Whatever. So then they get off the train. She's zooming aggressively in front of people, practically pushing people out the way. Then... She slows down, so she's in everyone's way. And he said that she just kept on doing this, like pushing past <laughs> people, speeding up, what? speed walking all over people's heels, and then slowing down. She was a terrorist. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> terrorist. Pay attention. Be aware of your surroundings. Are you in a hurry or are you not?
1: Probably not. She just had a good you a class. <sighs> It also, it just, it's crazy to me how people are raised and they're just like, oh, I see a person in front of me. I'm just going to cut you anyway. Yeah. Even though I see that you've clear. And also, did you just think I was going to sit back and not say anything? Because you got the wrong one. Nine times out of ten. I just—I don't know who would just be like, sure. Unless I'm having a crap day and I will go off on you. Because, you know, there's some days where it's like, you got to, you know, the devil is testing you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, who raised you? What's wrong with y'all? Girl, I don't know. But let's get into it. Okay. So speak in black history, y'all. Okay. Oh, you're gonna get what hit. was that what so. oh, oh see sometimes i forget how i sound actually i don't know how i sound so <laughs> so y'all are saying like oh kia does this weird voices and stuff and i completely forget like i didn't even know what you were talking about but you know uh
0: yeah, love you anyway. Okay, I love you too. This
1: week in Black History, y'all gonna get a little hint about our um, topic based on my Black History facts, show. We need to record this podcast, like video record so people can see our facial reactions. Because it's really funny if you guys can just like picture it for now. But like, we're pretty funny people. Okay, Janae, I hate you because I wish people would (laughs) see that. Okay, y'all. It's a mess. It's just so stupid. Okay, so December 8th, 1936, the NC, Oh, my God. The NAACP. Wow. (laughs) It's late, y'all. Okay, so the NAACP and Thurgood Marshall won the landmark case Gibbs versus Board of Education against the state of Maryland, ensuring that white and black teachers are paid equally. Burger Marshall, whose mother was a Baltimore teacher struggling to pay her bills, earned his first victory in this case. But the plaintiff in the lawsuit, Principal William Gibbs, was fired soon after. So I thought that was interesting because I didn't know this was Thurgood Marshall's first win, Mm -hmm. um, which is pretty dope. Also, the fact that white and black teachers weren't paid equally, not shocked because this was 1936, but also that they fired the principal after, which is pretty insane. Yeah. Um, Another similar case about education, December 12th, 1938. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled in favor of Lloyd Gaines in the case against the University of Missouri School of Law. The court said that the school violated the constitution when it rejected Gaines application because he was black and said that the state must provide equal educational facilities for blacks within its boundaries. However, Lloyd Gaines disappeared about three months after this the decision and was never located, so he mm-hmm. won the case. But th- like in March the next year, disappeared, and it's been rumored that he was either murdered or paid a lot of money to just go away forever.
0: Yeah, I'm feeling murder.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm feeling the murder. Feeling yeah, yeah. So that lynchy. that was kind of wild. I looked up these cases. I was like, damn, that's kind of crazy. Like you win the case and then you got to deal with you the know backlash. Yeah, losing your job or getting murdered after. Yeah that's insane that's and scary didn't that just happen with uh the case of okay the the white woman that shot that man in his apartment yes 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 that was a huge case so sorry i'm printing the names that was just a, a very heavy topic but the man that testified on that stand he was found dead a couple weeks or days after that case he testified mm-hmm. what is going on yeah. Like where are the facts on that? What's what's happening? That's crazy that it's still happening till today. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry guys to make it a little depressing, but just you know, keep you updated, stay woke.
0: Um, so that brings us to our topic and our guest who's on the line, Jasmine. Full disclosure, Jasmine is my sister. Let y'all know we're related by blood. Um, but Jasmine, say hello. Hi, everybody. What's good,
1: Jasmine? We talk about education with Jasmine and Black people, so, you know, stay tuned. Get hyped. Yeah.
2: Um, hey, Jasmine. Everybody. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem.
0: Um, Introduce yourself. Tell us
2: what you do, what you love about it, what you hate about it. Okay, cool. So I'm a teacher. Um, I teach in a high school in Syracuse, New York. And um, honestly, when I first got started, I didn't think that I wanted to be a teacher. It wasn't until I actually started taking education classes that I realized that this is what I want to do. Um, and what kind of got me into it was the first class that I had to take was actually at SUNY Oswego, which is way up north up here. Um, and it was about social justice and the history of education. And that kind of sparked all of my interest. Because we started talking about education, but really through like the lens of racism and sexism and like um, classism and all this other stuff. And it was just really interesting. So I think what I love about education is that I get the chance to kind of influence young people. Um, And not only just young people, but young people who look like me, young people who are impoverished and we get to talk about real things, real life and try and get them to start thinking about their lives and the splash that they may or may not make when they get out into the quote unquote real world. Um, It's really difficult though. Like there's so many challenges, so many challenges because you're dealing with a lot of generational poverty, a lot of generational ignorance. And I don't mean just from the kids either. I mean like there's generational ignorance with families. There's general generational ignorance with teachers and with, administration and with the entire system. So, and you teach a college
0: course as well too right?
2: Yeah um, I graduated from SUNY Oswego and then I have the awesome opportunity to teach the course that actually got me into education which is the foundations of education where we look at the history of ed through social justice so it's real dope
1: well, the people in that class are they mostly
2: black students or white students? So I um, don't quote me, but I believe the last time I checked na- nationwide 78% or like 80 percent somewhere around there of teachers are all white and the majority of them are white women. Oh yeah,
1: that's so interesting Because I just I read an article in the New York Times Last year And it's uh, titled Does Teacher Diversity Matter In Student Learning? And so it talked about Research showing that students, especially boys, benefit when teachers share their race or gender, yet most teachers are white women, um, yep. and that 77% of teachers in public and private elementary and high schools are women, up from 71% three decades ago, and then the teaching force has grown a little more racially diverse um, in that time frame, but it's still 80% white, down from 87% white three decades ago. So basically, um, long story short, a lot of teachers are white women, super white, and very uh high in women, because you hear people talk about diversity and how we need women diversity, but sometimes it doesn't benefit everyone, where in this study it's talking about how Um, if a black boy doesn't have a teacher that is his same race or gender, how does he like really connect? And it's also saying overall girls outperform boys and white students outperform those who are black and Hispanic typically. Um,
2: yeah. So absolutely. Like you're, you're hitting it right on the head. Um, Black male educators actually only make up 2% oh of the God. workforce nationwide. Um, and if you think about the student body nationwide, like we're pretty much divvy down the middle, almost 50-50, where I think students of color, um, there are a little more students of color than just straight up white students. I think it's like 51% right now. Of students nationwide are students of color. And then you look at the teaching force and it is just like staggeringly, the numbers are so uneven. Like almost all of the teachers are white women. And if they're not white women, then they're white men.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And personally, when I think about it, I didn't have I had one black teacher in middle school and that's it and it was a black yeah, I didn't woman.
2: have a a black teacher until I got to college. Yeah. And yeah. you know, regardless of the narrative, very very few people in our nation actually go on to get higher education. So like you're talking about the top 25% of our population who's actually getting a bachelor's degree. So if you have to wait all the way until college to see a black face as authoritative and, you know, position of respect, like that's, nobody's seeing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you have to wait all the way until you get your undergraduate degree, And not and only 25 percent of the population is going on to get an undergraduate degree. Like, come on.
1: Yeah. I also in that article, it said um, when black children had a black teacher between third and fifth grade, boys were significantly less likely to later drop out in high school. And both boys and girls were more likely to attend college when they do have at least one black teacher between the ages of third and fifth grade.
2: Mm. Because representation matters. And all of the data shows like it's, it's not a secret. You know what I mean? All the data shows that not only is this like huge for boys and girls of color, but it also benefits the education of white children as well, Mm. because children of color are learning like, oh, wow, I can be a teacher because there's a teacher right here that looks just like me. Mm -hmm. And this is potentially something that I can grow up and do. And then white kids are learning. Oh, wow. People of color are not just basketball players and, you know, hoes shaking their ass on um, hey, the I Connector. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> you can. My bad. Um, Essentially, white people, white children learn that we are more than what mass, med- mass media portrays us and, and has been portraying us, Um, you know, over decades. So everybody, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Yeah. And there is like a subtle, sorry, that was my alarm. There's a subtle um, kind of like communication that happens between a black adult and a black child. Like we all know that within, uh, these, within our macro culture, there are micro cultures. And inside of each of these micro cultures is a different way that people communicate with each other. You know, if I am a child who is, um, in the LGBT community, I'm going to connect with a teacher who's also in that same community if I am someone who is a woman, I'm probably going to connect with another woman, you know, faster than I would with a, with a man because we have the same journey. In the in the same vein, if I'm a person of color, I'm going to connect with a person of color because we speak the same language. We have the same micro community. Um, and all of the data reflects, all of it reflects that we need teachers of color for everybody. <laughs> for sure. And that so. goes with jobs, too.
1: I mean, the same thing you said, like connecting with um, someone who has a similar background as you And you kind of mm-hmm. touched on this before About like we should have teachers of color To kind of influence Black children being like I can be a teacher too But what what also do you think is like Another solution How we can get more black people Interested in teaching and like What schools can even do to Maybe like change The high percentage of like Particularly white women in the school district
2: So I think there's several things that should happen, and um, I'm actually kind of proud of Syracuse uh, City School District for trying this out. Um, But one thing that needs to happen is the narrative needs to change. So people need to have um, an open mind about education and people who are not people of color need to be open-minded about the fact that we're not trying to like take your job or take opportunities away from you. Like there's enough to go around. The second thing that I think should happen is that um, school districts should be real strategic about how they are recruiting teachers. In my school district, we actually have a CTE program um, that teaches students who are interested in being teachers and kind of like grooms them into the role of teacher um, and gives them college credit towards going to school to fulfilling that role. So they're taking kids from that community and saying, you know what, you'd be a really good teacher. And then grooming them up up to fulfill kind of that task. Um, And I think that it's kind of an uphill battle because, you know, growing up and being a person of color, you kind of like, see certain job positions, you automatically make up your mind whether or not that's something for you based off of who you've seen perform that task. Mm -hmm. So I know subconsciously, I kind of just accepted the fact that teaching is a white position because all the teachers that I've ever seen were white. Just like I've before Obama, presidents were all white men. So you know what I mean? Um, Everybody who snowboards is white. (laughs) Everybody who snowboards (laughs) is is white. So That's true. Those just actually, become like you know what I mean. Those yeah. Become occupations and activities that we just subconsciously accept as white things. And then when you ask somebody like, "Oh, you want to go snowboarding?" You like, I ain't doing that white shit. That's you know what true. I mean? But we need to change the narrative around like something being too white or something being too black.
1: Yeah, that's that's. A, I mean, I agree. So called
0: Oreos. I feel like that's our. Point. Yeah, that's of- that's our premise. Jasmine, you <laughs> hit it on the head. Um, I wanted to ask you if you've ever had any, you know, uncomfortable experiences as a black teacher teaching around mostly, um, you know, white teachers or teaching with white teachers, or you know, even while you are learning or teaching your college course. Have you had any uncomfortable experiences where you've had to take a white person and tell them no, like you're, that's inherently racist what you're saying or doing? I take that how as a yes. We Hello. We, I, I said, how much time do we have? Uh,
1: uh, uh <laughs> I mean, we got a, we got a good amount of time. We got, got like twenty five
0: more minutes. Yeah. So dive you in, can. girl. Dive in. I
2: yeah, I am also go. curious about um, these stories. <laughs> there's a lot. So. In, in my mind, this is kind of like sectioned off into three different sections. So okay. the first is me as um, a, a master student learning how to be a teacher, like me being a teacher candidate. I have several, more than several, stories about, you know, dealing with colleagues, dealing with other students, dealing with teachers who were um, oh, just racist, just racist. Then the second... I'll say like, facet of this would be um, me being a teacher currently in my role and dealing with administration, teachers, parents, kids, who are just racist. And then also being um, an adjunct professor at SUNY Oswego for these past couple of summers. And dealing with or working with the students that we have who are um, going to be future teachers, and just recognizing just you know how some of them are woke, some of them are on their jo- journey to waking the hell up, and then some of them are just like still sleep, like sleep buttons, full on foot. <laughs> and it's it's just like I don't know, it's it's crazy. So as a professor. Which is so weird for me to say, like, I can't believe that I'm a professor. Hey, and I'm, I'm throwing, throwing up the air quotes because I really don't feel like a professor, but that's whatever. Please, so, Jasmine,
0: you got a whole ass master's degree. Hey, hey,
2: talk to your mess. Up. So um, working at the college, the whole course, and I co-teach this class, by the way, and I, I'm using the phrase co-teach because i don't know another word to use but for all my teachers who are listening i'm sorry i'm using some special education terminology to refer to things that are not special ed like i would get my head shoot off for that but whatever i'm teaching this class with another teacher and the whole class is about the history of education and we're looking at it through a social justice lens and you'll hear things from the students because again The vast majority of people who are interested in teaching are white women. So I have a room full of white women and a couple of white men and then like, you know, two or three people of color. Um, and they're all saying things like, well, you know, slavery was so long ago. It doesn't really matter anymore. It doesn't have an effect. I've heard that they're saying things like, I don't understand why people can't just pick themselves up by their bootstraps and work as hard as we do. They're saying things like, well, people shouldn't get handouts. Everybody says, you know, meritocracy works. If you work hard and you reap the benefits, you know, so it's just like people operating in their privilege and not realizing that they have the privilege to be able to work hard and reap the benefits of their hard work. So here's an example. Every, like, week or so, the students have to write a couple of reaction papers. We take them, we grade them, we read them, and then we give them feedback. And the reaction papers are based off of, like, stuff that they read and articles and stuff. So one student in her reaction paper, she said that her many times great-grandfather or whatever worked really hard when he was an immigrant from, I think, like, Italy or some shit, He worked really hard, started his own business, um, built himself up from the ground up, and she's able to have the success that she has because he was passing down his legacy. And she was like, I'm not going to feel ashamed about that. Like, I'm not going to apologize for my grandfather and his hard work.
0: Which I'm sure no one was telling her to. But anyway, continue.
2: Exactly. And that is exactly how I responded to her. I told her that she shouldn't have to apologize. Because nobody wants her to apologize. The only thing that I wanted her to realize is that while her many times great-grandfather was working hard and being able to reap the benefits of his hard work, my many times great-grandfather was also working hard and at the same time trying not to get lynched. Mm. And it was against the law for him to reap what he sowed. You understand? What was her response? What would you say? What was her response? Oh, always silent.
1: Uh, she was like, my edges are snatched.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's just it's not, because how do you how do you argue with that? You can't argue with that yeah, because it, it forces you to take the lens off of yourself and your own privilege and look at things through the vantage point of others. And that is essentially how we get anywhere. If you don't understand somebody, you have to step outside of yourself and try and look at it through their perspective and try and figure out what it is that you're missing. And I feel like a lot of this is just people who are unwilling to give up their privilege, who are unwilling to look at things from other people's perspective and say, well, damn, maybe I'm fucking wrong. You know? Mm -hmm. So... And that that's just like one of freaking many. I have one student, we were talking about, um, you know, how privilege works and about how historically people of color are at a disadvantage and white people have always had the advantage. And one student said to me, well, that's not true because there are many successful black people in America. So you can't just say that all black people are downtrodden and, you know, stepped all over and whatever. So I said, okay, name some successful black people. Immediately he starts naming all of these like athletes. Yeah. So I said to him, so what you're telling me is the only way a black person can be successful in America is if they dribble a ball for you. Mm. Is that what you're telling me? The only way that you can recognize a black person as being successful is if they are an athlete or a rapper shucking and jiving on the TV for your (laughs) (laughs) entertainment. Oh my god, that's so true that's
1: how i feel about the nfl say right i feel like it's modern day slavery but y'all can quote me i don't care
2: (laughs) so homeboy sat there like you know perplexed as fuck and i basically went on to say name a black lawyer that you know name a black doctor that you know name a black I don't know judge that you know, or real estate agent that you know, or you know what I mean, dentist that you know. I just started naming all of these professions that you know may give you a, a good living, and he couldn't. And then I said, "Well, can you name any white people?" And of course, you can name white people who mm-hmm. have those professions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I also went on to tell him that you're always going to have there's always going to be an anomaly, no matter what you're talking about. If we're talking about, um. meritocracy there's always going to be somebody who works hard and they're able to pull themselves up by their bootstraps but we need to focus on the majority of people Mm -hmm. majority of black people are not getting the same opportunities as majority of white people Mm -hmm. period Mm
1: -hmm. also i feel like white people only like to think about like when you say when you you say privilege to a white person, they only think of uh, economic privilege. So, yeah. of course, that guy was like, they are successful because of X, Y, and Z. But, like, I do not understand how white people do not see the other side of privilege that's not money. I, I don't get Because that it's like LeBron James has a bunch of money, is the number one basketball player in the world, and guess what? They wrote the N-word on his house. Like, there are things that he yeah. has to deal with no matter how much yeah. money he has. He will always be reminded that he's black and y'all hate him yeah. and you will forever hate him. And every day he wakes up, and he reads
0: the news like the rest of us. You are black in this world. will hate you no matter how much money you have. And the other side of that coin is if you stand up for your blackness, i.e. Colin Kaepernick, another successful athlete, another mm-hmm. successful black athlete, your jersey's burned. Yeah. People... You're the devil. ...figure out a way to kick you out of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. standing up for your race and standing up for who you are as a person, as a black person, is not something that... Is given the go-ahead
1: yeah and also Absolutely. based on like the teaching like do you think there should be okay maybe it's creative but do you think there should be background checks on teachers or like a required diversity training Ooh.
2: well there's definitely background checks like the the background checks are extensive but Oh okay it's hard to it's hard to do a background check about like ethics and morals yeah and, you know whether or not you're woke or not mm-hmm. and then that's that's also like like who's checking that so all the people at the top are woke. I mean, I, I'm sorry. All the people at the top are white. So <laughs> who, who's going to be the, the woke person to check and see if the other white people are woke? Like, that's, Damn, that's true. Mm-mm. But is there some type but of I, diversity training? I, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I believe that in order to be a teacher you absolutely should have required diversity training. And I think that that diversity training should be ongoing. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you just, oh, one class and then I'm done. Like, nah. Because half of your student population is going to be or should be students of color or students who are gay or trans or students with disabilities or, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to have people who have different religions who are different from you. So you need to to be sensitive to that. You need to be tolerant of that. And you need to be checked on it, even myself, right? Mm -hmm. I needed, I I thought I was going to walk into my classroom and just be like, you know, total woke teacher. But I've had situations where I thought I was woke and wasn't woke. and had to check myself on my own preconceived notions. So everybody needs it because you are, as a teacher, you are responsible for, these children's learning, and because of how our society is set up, the more education you get, the more money you potentially end up being able to get. You know what I mean? Which I mean, that doesn't always work that way, but that's the that's what we're told. That's the line that we're fed. So if you don't uh, have a child planted in fertile soil, then you're essentially setting them up for failure for the rest of their life for the rest of their life and
0: like what are some suggestions that you have for white teachers on how to I don't know educate themselves
2: so okay I'm about to say something real controversial Ooh, hit, Do us, it. Hit, it. hit us I'm about to hit you with the flex alright <laughs> to be white in America means that you are benefiting from a racist system. To be white in America means that you have racism in you. And it doesn't matter how good of a person you are. It doesn't matter how often you go to church. It doesn't matter how often you smile at black people on the street. (laughs) If you are white and you live in America, you are benefiting from a system that has its foundation like the bedrock of it is built on and entwined with racism
1: no lies detected
0: none (laughs) None. whatsoever continue master (laughs) what'd you say master (laughs) master because like she's like schooling us like yeah but damn okay all right (laughs) miyagi there we go, Miyagi.
2: Continue, Jasmine. Sorry. Yeah, ma- Mastering sit right there. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry,
0: Miyagi, Miyagi. Okay, okay, okay.
2: Or sensei, or
0: something. Thought- sensei, sensei. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but
2: yeah, to, it, it's just I think the the number one piece of advice for me, or yeah, from me to white teachers is to realize that realize that. You have privilege when you can walk into a store and you can buy band-aids that are quote-unquote flesh color. Mm. Oof. You know what I mean? You have privilege when you can walk into a store and the first thing that people think about you is not, oh, that's a person of color. You know? Mm-hmm. You have privilege when you can pick up the phone and say, oh, my name is like Sarah or my name is Michelle or, you know, whatever. And have people automatically think that you are not a person of color. Like all of those things are privilege. And it comes from you being able to benefit from a system that was set up to support you. And I feel like once people realize that, then they can take the individualism out of racism. It's not about you. It's not about you being a racist. It's about you being able to benefit from a racist system. And once you realize that, then you can start to become someone who participates in anti-racism. Because if you're white, there's no way that you can never, we're never going to get rid of racism. We're never going to get rid of racism. So we get rid of like capitalism and all that. Yo, I'm getting deep. It's never <laughs> going away. But we can, we can all have an agenda to be anti-racist. And the same goes for all of the other isms. Like if you are a man living in America, you are operating in a system that supports Sexism. You know what I mean? You're operating in a system that supports masculinity over femininity. If you are straight in America, you are benefiting off of a system that is homophobic. All, I mean, and I feel all like in, in order to get to the next step and in order to make like our society a better place, we just have to look at ourselves, figure out what our area of privilege is, and then take a back seat and become um, an ally. You know what I mean?
1: Um, I completely... Yeah, that was great.
0: You just uh, preached to the masses. Uh,
1: <laughs> I have a follow-up question based on all that for white teachers and and stuff, but how involved do you think like teachers should be in their student lives? And when do you think teachers should like step in regarding a problem and discussion about race? Because there's a lot of times that people... I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast a lot about how we remember, I mean, very intense details about growing up and teachers doing like one thing that Mm -hmm. traumatized us. And we could say to this day, like 20 years later, like my teacher for me, I'll never forget in fifth grade, like someone asked like, aren't the founding fathers terrible because they had slaves and my teacher said well not all slave owners are bad because she just wanted us yeah she just wanted us to know that you know the how most white teachers history teachers well uh, your founding fathers are the greatest people ever even though they yeah. raped killed and murdered and owned people you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so it's like how when do you step in and when should teachers step in like regarding that because also like in high school you know i have like you're the only black person everyone's staring at you or asking you questions about slavery and the yeah. teacher's just letting you do it or like I was in debate school I mean debate team and then we were debating um, affirmative action and these people were saying like straight up lies and the teacher like didn't really say anything and then I another time in history like we were talking about the confederate flag and like for some reason our teacher let like made us debate why the confederate flag was okay and not racist so like these are Ooh. things that like I graphically remember and I have a terrible memory that I remember these are things that exactly happened in high school and these teachers just sat back and were just like okay you're gonna have to do this alone because you're like the only black kid uh, you know what I'm saying so it's like when do teachers when should they step in and like be a voice of reason for these students
2: so this is why I think that in order to get into this profession you absolutely need diversity training because you're going to come into that classroom with your own preconceived notions and your own beliefs. You're gonna come in with your own baggage as a teacher. Every single time you have a teacher that doesn't stand up for something, then they're standing up for the for the opposite thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when for for that kid of color in the class who's essentially getting ganged up on by everybody else in their white privilege, for that teacher who doesn't stand up and say something or do something, then they are aligned with that privilege if you don't do something or say something then you are allowing the status quo to continue you're operating in that ideology so but this is why it's such an uphill battle because majority of the people who are in this profession all share the same preconceived notion Majority of these people don't think that the Confederate flag is a bad thing. Majority of these people don't understand that Blue Lives Matter is offensive. Majority of the people don't understand why we can't sit around and ask the one black person to be the spokesperson for their race. You know what I'm saying? So what's important is that if you're a teacher, no matter what your race is, that you step into this realizing that. You're bringing in your own baggage and that you're going to, um, if you don't check yourself, you're going to offend someone at some time. Yeah. So you need to be open minded and you need to make sure that you get diversity training and make sure that that training is ongoing. Um, oh, man, I had another point and it was so crystal and I just lost it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's okay. I've also had several situations like Kia mentioned, where like we debated the pros and cons of slavery in a class. Well,
2: that's and, awful. Yeah, yeah. I, I ended don't understand up, how anybody can say there are pros I, to slavery. Listen, you know what I mean? Even, there even, were a whole we bunch are, of kids. We are of power in the world because of slavery, but that came because y'all was raping, murdering, pillaging, kidnapping people. And using them as free labor. What is <laughs> the
0: positive of that? Yeah, literally, there were kids in my class arguing. Oh Girls. there were get these two out. kids, Corey and Chelsea. Oh, she know their name. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say their name. I'm a blast. They asked. Hey. They were just going off about how slavery was great for how the economy. How old were you? Uh, I was in tenth Your, grade. Their parents are messed up. Yep. They were going okay. off about how slavery is fantastic bruh, for the economy do do? and how it helped. He's Mr. Parrish blasting your ass, too. He just sat there and listened. What? Just sat there and listened, nodded his head like these are great points. No, I got.
2: Well, that's because Mr. Parrish, wherever you are, what's up, bruh? This dude thinks that that is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. He thinks that that's a valid oh fact. Oh my God. And 16 year old Janae. Well, allows what allows this to keep going is the fact that 90% of the students in the class are not people of color. 90% of the teaching Mm -hmm. courts are not teachers of color. The people who run the school districts are not teachers Mm -hmm. of color. The people who write policy are not people of color. So they get to push their own agenda and they get to continue to like, keep this ideology going in a circle. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, It's until we, Diversify the entire system. We're not going to see anybody making any difference. In. Yep. That's it. And we're I was the only black kid in the class. Damage.
0: Just.
1: Oh my god, that's awful. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like t- people don't understand how traumatizing things can be, especially in a school, and s- especially mm-hmm. being the only black person in school. I, I mean, I thought that's bad. Like I don't even know what I would do. I the ran out of, the cla- of sli- like I ran out of the class crying. I would. That, those are your ancestors. Like you're like yeah. telling me that it's okay for you to beat,
0: rape, and who is your mom? Like there's just so many things that make me pissed about this. And that's the thing that's crazy because this is. A form of trauma. Yeah, it What is. we talk about on this show is basically working through our own trauma. Mm-hmm. Because stuff like that makes you feel like your existence is less than. Yeah. And stuff like that still kind of affects the way I move professionally in my life right now, which is why I'm trying Ooh, to I work through something? it. Yeah, say something. Say something.
2: Oh, so I'm also in the process of, like, trying to, like, move up in my teaching realm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm taking some classes and one of my colleagues who's in my class, cause of course this came up, I bring this up like wherever I go, you know what I'm saying? Cause I, I'm just a warrior for anti-racism nowadays. So, um, we were talking about it in class and another teacher says, well, you know, sometimes things are said, but you got to think about the intent. Like if the person said something racist, but they didn't mean it uh, in a racist way, okay. or they weren't saying it in a mean way, then you can't really get mad at it. Oh, oh my God. Y'all, I said to him, I told him this story. I'll tell it to you. When I was a student teacher, I had a kid, right? Because we were doing, um, oh, what, what is that book that we were doing? Oh, Addison, what is that book?
0: Um, of mice and men. No. no, To
2: Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes, To Kill a Mockingbird. We were going over that book, and <clears throat> I was teaching somewhere out in the sticks, and all of my kids were white. All oh, of I remember this. I was literally, <clears throat> the only black person in the building, aside from one little girl who was mixed, and she was in the closet about being mixed. She was passing as <laughs> white. Anyway, so we're doing To Kill a Mockingbird. None of the kids understand racism or segregation or slavery or, you know, any of the the things surrounding this damn book. So I decided to, before teaching the book, do a little background. I remember this. The N-word comes up in the book. So I said to the kids, let's talk about the word nigger. Where did it come from? What does it mean? One of the little boys raises his hand and says... Oh, my dad told me that a nigger is a black person in Africa who fucks monkeys. Okay, pause for dramatic fucking effect. So, fast forward now to when I'm in this class with this white man who says it doesn't matter what people say as long as the intent is not malicious.
0: Please tell me you pulled that out of your back pocket.
2: Oh my god, I pulled it out. It turned into a dove. I had like flames around me, looking at the air. I told the whole class that story. And then I turned to that white man and I said, now you tell me in that moment, whether or not intent matters. I was like, it didn't matter. This was coming from an innocent child who was not trying to hurt me in any way. He was answering the question that I that I posed to him and he was telling me the knowledge that he knew. But in that moment, I got to realize that he is being brought up in the racist of racist households and that he is going to grow up to perpetuate that thinking and probably have children of his own yeah. that he's going to then fill that onto. And the effects of this are catastrophic, okay? Catastrophic and exponential. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if that little boy was trying to hurt my feelings or not, because what matters is my fucking feelings are hurt. I'm like, I was really, like I don't care cuz we were talking about microaggressions and shit. Yeah. And he was like, you know, sometimes black people just go off on me. And <laughs> I don't mean I don't mean to be mean. I'm just asking a question. You know? And I was like, bruh it doesn't matter because you could be the thousandth microaggression that I've gotten that day and you exactly. just happen to be the motherfucker that tipped me over the edge. Yeah.
1: You know? Oh yeah, and it you looks like he's had that multiple times. <laughs>
2: It doesn't matter if you came out of your mouth with the, with the most sincerest of of ways. What matters is the effect. What matters is the effect.
1: What you know? did you respond like to the, that boy?
0: Yeah, I want to know exactly what was going through your mind when he said that to you.
2: Like, how did you respond? So, first of my first thought was, oh, shit, I done fucked up because... <laughs> I really didn't know, like, how to respond, so I basically just told him he was wrong, and then I went about talking about slavery and talking about how this word was used to kind of, like, well, not kind of, but to degrade people of color who were essentially kidnapped and sold into slavery Um, and that, you know, they came up with this whole caste system to try and separate white people from black people or more specifically black people from poor white people and how it, you know, fed into slavery and how, you know, it it has trickled into nowadays culture and people try and just use the the N word and something that's just not a big deal as a way to, you know, kind of keep us like invisibly enchained and shit. It got deep. (laughs) He <laughs> got deep, but by the end of that conversation, he had a a different outlook. Which, praise God.
1: Oh, but, um, I hope he told his daddy.
0: God. What'd you say?
2: I hope he told his daddy what you said.
0: What? I don't even want to think about that conversation. Oh,
2: yeah. The whole the whole conversation, I ended up, listen, I punctuated the conversation by telling all the white kids that all human beings come from Africa. Mm-hmm. Did you say Jesus <laughs> was black too? Because because the oldest skeleton was found in Africa. That's true. And as Fast. I was saying that sentence, some people from that school district's like district headquarters, came in to observe me and they heard me telling the kids that everybody came from Africa. And then one of the district folks whispered to another district person, oh, great, now we have to deal with the kids going home and telling their parents that we're all black. Well. And I i, was, <laughs> I didn't find that out until afterwards, but I was like totally okay with that. I mean, listen, I have had people. so many encounters. I have one host teacher when I was a student teacher. She wouldn't eat lunch with me. Oh. Um So then I, like, found a teacher lounge and, like, tried to make friends with people. And I found these really two, like, portly, older white women and sat down to eat lunch with them. And then they started talking about how all black people look the same, how all black athletes are the same. Yeah, it, it it was just like, oh, my God. Oh, I feel bad for any black person
1: that grew up in that school. When
2: you I feel said, bad for the white people that grew up in that I school. Feel, like, to, not know, to not know a black person is a crime. You know what I'm saying? Because at the true. bottom line, we're shit. Yeah.
0: True. True. Oh,
1: my God. Closeted mixed girl.
0: <laughs> that, Kia, you are still so cracking up over the closeted mixed girl. Me. You
1: that
2: are still so cracking Yo, she, <laughs> she came out of the closet as mixed. <laughs> One day when I was teaching, oh we were God. talking about race and like being black and the kids wanted to touch my hair because look, legit, they had never seen a black person. Oh my God. This was in, I don't know, like 2012 or 2014. I can't remember. It was fucking recent. Yeah. These kids never saw a black person. So we're having like bad deep discussions. Could you tell she was mixed me. though? Um, I had an inkling because... Okay like it looked like she tried to flat iron her hair every day you know what I'm saying oh no uh, oh poor and, baby. and I could see that her texture was closer to mine than it was Becky <laughs> but I ain't say nothing cause you know that's her journey whatever yeah. so <laughs> I'm trying to support homegirl by like bringing in magazines that show us in a good light, and like talking about all of these important Black people in history, and like you know, opening up their minds. And all the kids are like, "Wow, Black people aren't." (laughs) Kids
0: die right now, now, by the way.
2: (laughs) I look over at the girl, and she's like, like biting her lips (laughs) and like shaking a little bit and like you know hiccuping softly and I'm like are you okay and her friends are like cooing at her like rubbing her back and trying to stroke their hair through her rough coarse hair and she goes I have something that I want to tell everybody so we we sit there patiently as she's trying to like you know cough it up and she tells them like I'm mixed and it was like all of the kids in the class was like oh shit And she was like, yeah, you guys don't know, but my mom's white and my dad's black and you don't know how hard it is. Whenever we go somewhere as a family, they call my dad a nigger. And they laugh at us, they point at us. And she was like, I didn't want to tell anybody that I'm mixed because of how people treat my dad. And she just went into this whole, and I was like, girl, be proud to be black. You are black and I appreciate you. And anytime you want to leave this bumfuck city and come to Syracuse, girl, you are welcome.
1: Oh my God! You were dead serious. She came out of the closet as
2: mix. Holy shit! She really did. <laughs> oh my God! That was like an SNL sketch. And I was there to usher her. You know what I mean? Through that journey, and I was really proud of her that she finally came out.
1: Damn.
0: What would we do without teachers like you?
1: She probably would go her whole life telling these white folks she white,
0: staying in the closet
1: damn yeah
0: yo um well jasmine i want to thank you so much for coming on the show today and enlightening us hitting us with some black power man i feel rejuvenated mm-hmm. i'm about to go on feel these great. streets and i don't even know what <laughs>
2: <Trip new light. laughs> um but well, they- thank y'all for having me it's been really cool And I I hope to
0: be back Yay Yeah. Um, Well thank you guys so much for listening Um, This is So Called Oreos Podcast Uh, You can follow us On like every social media At So Called Oreos Um, You can listen to our podcasts Everywhere where podcasts are available Stitcher uh, Apple Podcast Spotify uh, SoundCloud I don't have my little notes in front of me Which tell me everything to say at the close So I'm really winging it y'all Be proud (laughs) of me um but uh see 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 you soon all right bye, bye. <laughs> oh that was great